0: What's going on? Welcome to the show. Do you mind if I follow you into the bathroom and scream at you? Just, I mean, I really believe in something and I just, I need to follow you into the restroom and scream at you in order to convey how passionate I am about the topic. You guys on the left, you're really not going to like it when this stuff starts happening to you. Case in point, the school board meetings, right? The school board meetings. What was it? Friday. Thursday or Friday, we we covered how uh, the school boards associate or the schools boards association, something like that, of the state. They sent a letter uh, out asking uh, the legislature and the governor, please, please change the law so we don't have to keep re-upping the mask mandate every month. Because when we do, people come to the meetings and scream at us and we don't like it. And now you got these leftists following Democratic Senator Kristen Cinema into the bathroom. They disrupted her. She apparently teaches class at ASU, Arizona State. She's like, I, I'm not sure if she's a lecturer or uh, I, I don't think she's a full professor or something, but whatever. So she'd been teaching class there for like 19 years. And they somehow got into the building and they disrupted her class and they're videotaping. And then they follow her into the restroom, which, by the way, that's illegal. Yeah, that's illegal. Not allowed to videotape people in the bathroom, pervs. And they also, oh, sorry, collateral damage. Some students in the bathroom too. Yeah, sorry, got that going on. Uh, but now apparently, so yeah, if you are, um, if you are really, really passionate about something, then apparently you are allowed to follow elected officials into the bathroom. Record them while they go into the bathroom, into the stall, and you get to berate them. Yeah, I had no idea. I know. Well, I mean, granted, I am a little bit old school, even though I'm only, you know, I'm a, I'm a very young forty seven, and uh, I, I just thought that that was kind of in in poor form. I, I, I thought that's not the way you convince people. That's not the way you persuade people. But what do I know? Right. I'm just a radio guy. I don't know. uh, I'm not a left wing moonbat activist, so I don't know how to persuade people like they do. And so um, folks on the right, I'm thinking this is how you persuade people. They're showing you the way. So head on over to the school board meetings and. You know, follow everybody into bathrooms and scream and yell at them. Particularly Democrats. Apparently, I'm not sure if it works. It seems like they've got some inside knowledge over on the left. These were people that like knocked on doors for Senator Cinema. They were big supporters of hers, but now she's blocking it. Oh my goodness! And did you see Saturday Night Live? Oh, they just they just ripped her apart on their uh, on their show this weekend. Persuasive again, exactly. And when you've lost Saturday Night Live as a Democratic senator, Uh, by the way, in all seriousness, do you get the feeling that she just doesn't care what SNL and these leftists say? (laughs) Which is really amazing because she was a Code Pink person. This is what she did. Like when she was with Code Pink, Code Pink were uh, these are the people that go in there and disrupt the Kavanaugh hearings, right? And They scream and yell and act like fools in the congressional hearings and stuff. Those folks. Yeah. So (laughs) Uh, in all seriousness, no, I do not think it is persuasive and I do not think you should be following people into the restroom to scream and yell at them. Um, By the way, the optics are far better to just have them retreat into a restroom and then you just stand outside the door and have them, you know, in the bathroom because at some point they got to come out. Right. And the longer they stay in there, the more comical it becomes. And then you can put, like, some music underneath, like the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm music. You can put that underneath. So just as far as, like, memes go, it seems like that would have been a better course to take. But again, what do I know? Just a radio guy. These, uh, these activists clearly have their fingers on the pulse of persuasion when it comes to Democrats. I, I am serious, though, when I say you guys are really not going to like it when this stuff starts happening to you. Because it will, it always does, and we, we see example after example. I mean, you guys went and torched cities and burned down buildings and uh, you know assaulted people and all of this. Um, and then what happened? January sixth. And now you're we're supposed to believe you like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the violence. Really, you can't believe it. I can. Yeah. See, that's the thing when you when you shatter norms when you uh, when you're an iconoclast. Right. When you tear down the institutions and the like, you don't then get to pretend that you're the defender of those institutions any longer. You're not a defender of the norms. You're not. You're you're part of the problem. And so you don't get to say anything about that. That's why, by the way, none of your criticism about January 6th matters to people on the right. They don't care. Now, people on the right have difference of opinions about whether, you know, this was embarrassing. It was good. It was bad. It set the cause back. It advanced the cause, whatever. They have all of these discussions over on the right and they can they can because they opposed it when you were doing it too. But see, when you guys on the left were like, we're okay with all of this destruction because it's in service to something we like. um, Yeah, you can shut up now because we don't care. Yeah, I don't care what you have to say about that because now you're just obviously uh, using it for political or partisan purposes. You don't actually hold the principle, right? You don't hold the belief about that. Uh, you do think advancing Your agenda requires violence against certain people. And so you either reject the principle of violence or you do not. And you did not. And so I don't care what you have to say about anything regarding using violence because I know what your position is. So that's holding a consistent standard. That's what I do. I try to hold a consistent standard. Um, And I think if more Americans did that, I think we'd probably be in a better spot. But again, what do I know? Just a radio guy. Now, what does Boomer Von Cannon know? He knows traffic, among other things. I don't want to limit him. I don't want to typecast him. Right, you are you are more than just traffic. I'm just a radio guy too, man. Yeah, there you go. I'm with you. I'm with you I'll settle with that, my man <laughs> Thank you. What are we looking like? It's Monday. I got to tell hey. you, I was up to I went uptown at doctor's appointment, so I was in Center City. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's a ghost town up there. It really is. It's it, nuts. It is kind of freaky. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. What we know of uptown for just a few years ago to now. It's a vast change. It well, I will say, it does kind of remind me of Uptown like 20 years ago. Oh, gosh. You, <laughs> you went there after 5 o'clock in the afternoon, it was Ghostville, USA. Yeah, yeah. You could roll a bowling ball right down Trade and Tryon and, and only hit like a, a prostitute or something. Or a pigeon. Yeah, we, yeah. We had pigeons at that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pigeons. That's probably the cleaner version of that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> News Talk 1110 ninety-nine three wbt I guess I should formally open the show. I don't know. I just went off on a rant there. Uh, welcome. Thanks very much for, uh, for making me a part of your day. I appreciate it. And, uh, the phone numbers are 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. It's the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete Callender. And you can email me, Pete, at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter, which is at Pete Callender. And I believe we're still doing this. I think it's going to happen Thursday, right? As far as I know, the Talktoberfest that's happening. I mean, it's on my calendar. Thursday at, uh, what, 7.30. I'm, I mean, I've already cleared my calendar, so I'm doing it. Whether, you know, whether it happens or well, it's happening. I mean, it's going to happen with me. So, um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give you details on that when we get them. But uh, I was in Uptown this morning. I literally crossed College Street twice, and then... Just because I could, I just walked down the center of one of the lanes. There wasn't anybody coming. There were no vehicles there. And this was at like 10.30 a.m. That's crazy. Because I parked in the wrong deck. I was across the street. and I had to walk across the the three lanes. And I didn't even, which by the way, I don't know why I do this either. It's a one-way street, College Street. It's one way. But I still look both ways. Why do I do that? Because you're a human being. I know, yeah. I, you you want to live. You don't want to get blindsided. Nobody's coming the other direction. And I knew it was a one-way street, but I still looked. I just can't help myself. So for Ryan, you actually had a, a pretty decent weekend working in the Uptown. I did. Usually, um, uh, But you said Fridays are kind of the restaurants in Uptown kind of hit a, or miss. Friday's are a little bit of a damper. Yeah, but Saturday seemed to be better. Um, Saturday was popping. Popping, he says. Was that because of all of the leftists who were uh, marching around in the pink uniforms?
1: Yes, it was from, from a lot that, of
0: pink hat wearing people.
1: Yeah, I actually. It took me four. Normally on a Saturday, like uh, if I'm scheduled at like one o'clock, I live up in University. Usually takes me um, takes me about ten minutes to get to work, um, and like get get a parking spot and all that stuff. Uh, it took me forty five minutes to find parking on Saturday. It's an outrage!
0: It's just an outrage.
1: I also got stuck at a light for probably about. Almost 15 minutes of that because uh, they were they were letting people go through the the intersection on a green light. Wait, 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 wait. Say that part again. I was sitting at a, at a stoplight for probably about three rotations, three of ble- cycles, three yeah. cycles, because they were letting people like walk through the through the streets like as part
0: of the protest.
1: Yes. So you you got. You, did you get delayed to go to work? Were you late? I had left early enough that oh. but, well, so see, you being all responsible. Yeah, I don't like like if I'm scheduled at one o'clock, I'm not the per like, I need a little bit of like mental kind of build up to get going. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't like walking in at twelve fifty nine and instantly getting a table. Like Yeah, yeah. I want to be able to like order food and like sit sit there for a second. Like
0: wait, or you eat at the beginning of your shift mm-hmm. and then you run around the floor on a full stomach?
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: No, I I totally get it. Like, what time do I come in? I'm always in the studio here, and you know, within the eleven o'clock hour, usually about an hour early. Gotta yeah. you got to get your game correct. Mi- yep. You got to get the game mind. You got to get psyched up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that sad though? Like, this is me fully prepared. <laughs> this is. <laughs> um, now I will say also, Christy and I did some errands uh, yesterday, and uh, ran over to a. Uh, well, I, I will. I won't name the store. But you would know it if I said it, because it's a very major, big store. It has like all sorts of stuff in it from all sorts of you know different kinds of departments and stuff. And uh, I went there looking for an adapter that would you know go from my earphones to my phone. It's a pretty standard adapter. It came like with the Google phone that I have. It's like I said, it's a USB C to a mini. Uh, three and a half jack right it's very it's a it's a standard thing and um the shelves were as empty as uptown this like I feel like I'm in the Soviet Union like this is I feel like what it was like living in the Soviet Union kinda I mean minus the whole you know communism stuff but like aside from that like the empty shelves. I'm walking through, like, I didn't even need this stuff on these shelves. I didn't need this stuff. Like, I mean, I needed the jack. But, like, all the other stuff that wasn't there, I didn't need any of that. Like, I don't even have a PlayStation. But it made me feel like I'm missing something. It made me feel like I'm I'm being deprived. Like, I'm an American. How is this possible? So, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's related to all of the boats that are... Anchored off of the coast of California, and they can't get their goods unloaded. If that's the deal, Ryan and I were talking about this a couple of uh, about a week ago. When I just I went online, and I was like, "Oh, so what's going on with the uh, uh, the Xboxes?" Right? Because I had seen something that they're very, div- you know, Christmas is coming. We have uh, nephews, and I'm like, "Okay, so like, what's going on with these Xboxes?" And they're just not around. You just cannot purchase the PlayStations or Xboxes. They just don't have them. And so I'm like, well, this sounds silly. Let me let me pop on over to Microsoft and talk with one of their robots and uh, maybe get on a waiting list. No, no waiting lists. How is this possible? Why would you not do waiting lists? And the robot tells me, well, it's because uh, out of fairness to all of our, uh, all of our customers, we don't think... Uh, we should set up a waiting list in order to be fair. So we're just going to release them dribs and drabs to different department stores, and then good luck. Hope you don't, you know, get too physically injured beating back other people trying to get your Xbox for Christmas. That's that's a very articulate <laughs> robot there, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I re- literally responded. I said, I know this is above your pay grade, but that's actually... Not the fairest way to do it. The fairest way to do it is actually to create a waiting list. And then you get on the waiting list and then you get the and then you pay and you get the thing shipped directly to you. That would be the fairest way rather than just making it a free for all, depending on your just in time distribution system. That's now completely broken. It's a fair point, Lois. Fair point. Got an email to Pete at the Pete Callender show from Lois, who says, tell Pete that what he's calling a protest may be a march for October's breast cancer month in which pink is the supportive color. Uh, Good point, but not the case. The march that happened on Saturday in Uptown was a march against the Texas abortion law. That's what happened now, unless they tried to hijack a breast cancer march with their Texas abortion law. Did you see any um, anybody dressed in um, in costumes representing genitalia? Yes. You did. Oh my god. You did. I did. Yeah. So not a breast cancer awareness march. No. Well,
1: I, like when, when the first one the the first group of people that I saw like when I was stuck at the at the uh at the intersection or at the at the at the at the light or whatever, I couldn't figure out what the what the um The like, cause what, was? Yeah. I was because I, I saw like three different groups of like people. I was like
0: which what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And then you saw the, the giant genitalia and Yes. Was it walking fast? No. No. Slowly walking. Through Center City. Because this is, again, what I have learned. This is how you persuade people. You get dressed up like body parts. And that makes people treat you seriously. That's what makes people listen. They say, you know what? This person has gone through the trouble of adorning themselves in a full six-foot size, anatomically correct representation of genitalia. And so, therefore, they obviously know what they're talking about. When they are screaming stuff through the bullhorn, you got to take that seriously. Look at the outfit. So, protesters in Charlotte, according to um, the Charlotte Observer story by Joe Maruzak and Hannah Lang, and... Julian Shen so it took three people to write this story that is not even a page. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, five, 10, 15, 16 17, 18 paragraphs. and most of those paragraphs are just quotes, like one sentence quotes because it's newspapers, and they make paragraphs for no apparent reason. Anyway, protesters in Charlotte joined demonstrations nationwide on Saturday, rallying against restrictive anti-abortion laws in Texas and advocating for reproductive rights. So let me just, uh, let's take a look at the reporting here. Again, three people writing this story. It took three people to get quotes from like four people at this uptown march. So first off, rallying against restrictive anti-abortion laws. You know me, I try to apply uh, consistent standards. And so I am curious, are abortion laws ever lax? Do you ever see them described as really, really loose abortion laws? Do you ever see that? No, you don't. I've been reading abortion-related stories for a very long time, and I can tell you they never say the word lax or loose, they, they don't ever describe abortion laws like that. They're always just, you know, restrictive. Which, by the way, not for nothing, um, all laws are, by definition, restrictive. All of them. Yes, every one of them. By definition. That's the, that's the point, right? In fact, the word law, there, a synonym for the word "law" is restriction. It, it's right there in the definition. It's a restriction, so all laws are restrictive. So, when you're marching against restrictive anti-abortion laws, it's kind of redundant. First of all, second of all, it tips your hand. So now I know the uh, the world view, the political view, the policy view. Of these reporters and the editors who cleared the story, right, everybody involved in writing up this story and getting it published. They are all of a like mind, obviously, on this topic. They view the Texas law as restrictive and they say about 400 residents. Again, I don't know how they would know that are these residents or are these people from someplace else. But I guess maybe in the grand scheme of things, everybody's a resident of someplace. So maybe that's how they were using it. But you hardly know unless you got some sort of uh, uh, a census of the people that were there. Did you go and ask, hey, are you a charlatan or not? You know, um, hey, do you have some ID? Oh, wait, don't do that. That would be racist. You did not, I'm sure, ask for ID. So I'm not sure how they know that these 400 people are from Charlotte. But they say 400 residents gathered in First Ward Park for the Uptown Charlotte Rally and March. Um, Then they have a whole bunch of different quotes. The first one is from Maria Garcia Castillo. She is a 19-year-old Queens University of Charlotte sophomore. And she said, quote, Abortion, it's a personal choice. It's a hard choice. And we shouldn't be putting obstacles in front of it. So a couple things here on this quote, which is why... Well, if I were out there covering this protest, I might ask some follow-up questions if somebody were to say this to me. Like, abortion, it's a personal choice. Um, And then it's a hard choice. Do you think it's a hard choice for everybody? And if she says yes, how would you know that? How would you know that? How would you know it's a hard choice for everybody? Because it may not be a hard choice for everybody. There might be some people that don't find it to be a hard choice. In fact, I have a whole story here about people who say it's not really a hard choice. Um, We shouldn't be putting obstacles in front of it. And so my follow-up there would be, so no obstacles at all? Just zero obstacles at all. And so, of course, this then opens the door to further questioning about what are appropriate obstacles? When does life begin? What are proper restrictions? Does the state have any compelling interest in any of this debate at all? The Observer then, they have a couple more quotes uh, from people who all agree, by the way. This is sort of like there was a, a TV reporter for WBTV years ago. Uh, he's now retired. Mike Koza, great reporter. And uh, Mike would talk about how they, you know, the before North Carolina had the lottery, you would always get these stories of North Carolinians that would drive down to South Carolina to play the lottery and all of the news reporters would run down to South Carolina following them and then stick mics in their faces and say, do you think North Carolina should have a lottery? And it's like, well, that's you're going to get one answer from those people because they obviously want a lottery because they traveled across state lines to play it, right? So obviously, the people you talk to at this rally, they're all going to be of a like mind on this topic, right? Brian writes into Pete at ThePeteCalendarShow.com. Pete, you are missing the biggest news story. Facebook has been down for like an hour. <laughs> Spec mass suicides. <laughs> or life to get better for everybody. Um, Joseph says, I hope they can eat those Xboxes because have you seen the prices of coal, poultry, and pork futures? The global economy is poised to punish uppity Americans for having the goal to elect bad orange man, just like the establishment and the chai did with the pandemic. There is Joseph, you got a lot of, uh, you got a lot of string pulling going on in that one. The global economy is poised to punish uppity Americans. The global economy is going to punish us. I don't know how that happens. Who's the global economy? Um, oh, so the uh, the hundreds rallying in uh, Uptown over the weekend. It was because of the, the law that got passed about abortion in Texas. <laughs> this is uh, Texas. Yeah. The Texas law passed in May went into effect last month. And people marched against it. This weekend in Charlotte, the Texas law, in case anybody is interested, would prohibit abortions after a fetal heartbeat, which, by the way, the Charlotte Observer's three reporters put in scare quotes. The word heartbeat. It's not really a heartbeat. I mean, we've been calling it a heartbeat, you know, since we could first detect the heartbeats and all. But this actually prompted me to go look it up. Like, why would they put heartbeat in the quotes? Well, because there are there's disagreement about whether or not it's actually a beating heart or simply electrical impulses or uh, uh, electrical pulses uh, going on, because it doesn't have the chambers of the heart and the aorta and the ventricles and that sort of stuff it hasn't they haven't been fully developed. But the the devices that we have developed to detect the Pulsing of the heart, don't call it a heart, because it's not a heart, but it kind of is. And so the rapid beating that we've been calling a heartbeat, now all of a sudden it's not really a heartbeat. And this is pretty important. I had a discussion with um, this uh, elderly neighbor of mine, and she's originally, she's from California. And uh, she's a sweet lady, and uh, she's left of center. And uh, she was telling me about the conversation she had had with the neighbor on the other side of her and uh how this person volunteered that he was pro-life and so then she asked me and she said that and and before i could even answer she said that when she heard the the heartbeat of her son uh when before he was born that like she like that like she could never have had an abortion but she's still pro-choice and so i just kind of walked through because like the the debate with her because this is what i have found and Allow me a moment of personal privilege here on my show, which is that, uh, <laughs> which is that I think uh, for, uh, for a lot of uh, talk radio for the last 20 years or so, uh, a lot of hosts, and there's been sort of this conventional wisdom to not talk about the topic because uh, everybody has their opinion about it. No one's going to convince anybody else about it. And basically, it was just sort of surrendered. The, the topic was surrendered. In talk radio, and I've I've heard this from many people over the years that uh, you're not going to convince anybody, and uh, makes people uncomfortable, and uh, you know it's just one along with guns. Like this is one of the topics that you know you 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 could just you know open up the phone line to talk about because it's just an easy topic to do, and everybody's got an opinion about it or whatever. Well, I I, I kind of reject that. Um, I think actually people who are pro life. I think they surrendered a lot, particularly people who are supposed to be having these conversations, right? This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're talking about this stuff. And I think they, they, they surrendered. They seeded the field, right? Um, and you can talk about this stuff without it being this nasty, uh, you know, argument style. And that's what I, this is the conversation I had with my neighbor uh, over the week, the past weekend. And so I just said, look, if we are, like, as, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, or well, 40, if you're looking at uh, uh, Roe v. Wade, right, the the science has evolved on this stuff. Like, we now know a lot more than we did back then when the laws were originally crafted. And so science keeps telling us new things. The research keeps telling us new things. and. Uh, unfortunately for the pro-choice side, it keeps undermining their arguments. And there are a lot of people that don't want to discuss the topic because the more people, just like guns, by the way, the more you have the conversations, the more public opinion actually becomes more pro-Second Amendment. And so now I look at it as, I wonder if there was a push to not talk about these things because there was a recognition that the more you talk about it, the more pro-life people become and so with the texas law it really comes down to a pretty i think consistent standard and you know me i try to apply them which is when do you declare somebody to be dead right it's so there's brain dead right when brain activity ceases to function but we keep people alive who are in a vegetative state right well we'll keep them alive even if they're in a coma or there's no brain activity or whatever. And then we make another decision, which is what? Right. To end their treatments, to, to, to pull the plug, right. To, to stop uh, all of those, those treatments that are keeping them alive. And then what happens? The heart stops. And that's when we declare the person to be dead, right? When the heart stops beating, then the person is dead. Well, if that's when we are determining that life ends, doesn't it make some bit of rational, logical sense to say that life, therefore, begins when the heart starts? And this, to me, seems like a, like a really logical, rational, ethical, legal standard that is it's pretty tidy. It's pretty clean, don't you think? Like, hey, if your heart stops beating, you're dead, and when the heart starts beating, you're alive. Seems Seems pretty consistent. And so that's what the Texas bill is trying to do. I mean, you could say that the the politicians who are running it are trying to ban abortion, um, and I don't disagree with that. But I, I don't, yeah, absolutely. There are people who are anti-abortion that are running these bills, these heartbeat bills, in an effort to stop abortions. And for folks who are listening that might think that everybody who is, you know, pro-life is just in it to try to control women's bodies. You know, there are a great many people that, first off, are women that are pro-life. But secondly, there are a lot of people that are simply in it because they think it's wrong. Like, it really is, like, that obvious and and that simple. They, they believe that the life has begun and they don't want to see innocent people put to death. That's what they think. So, <laughs> like... You screaming at them that they're trying to control women's bodies, they don't listen to that. It's not, again, not a persuasive argument because it's not true. And it might make you feel better and make you feel superior, but you're not, and it isn't actually a better position. So these are people who really believe that you're putting to death an innocent baby. And so that's why they are opposed to it. And so, yes, they are trying to run those bills. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's also a logical position. And, get this, it's also based on science. And uh, this Texas law is now going to force this issue. And I suspect that's what people are kind of upset about. But I don't know why you put the scare quotes on heartbeat in the news story when you don't actually describe why you put the scare quotes around the word heartbeat. But, I did your work for you. I went and... uh, got the quote heartbeat bill it's a misleading name for texas's near total abortion ban we'll get into that up next on news talk 11 10 3 wbt